You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, May 27th. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball, FYI, Friars on Base, or Off the Bench Baseball, or my more pop culture and entertainment beat of things at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Bloody Disgusting, Film Cred, and more, and hopefully many more to come. But most importantly, of this here Lockdown Padres podcast, guys, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno. And that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, only, and this is important, guys, only if you feel so inclined, you can hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns you might have. I'll do my best to respond, interact, and what have you, and maybe even interact and talk about it on the show. Uh, Most importantly, as you guys may be familiar with, I've been lately doing a thing where if you send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcasts app and you put in your review a question, it is guaranteed to make an appearance on the show. And that might be happening for today's episode, guys. Actually, not not might be happening. It is happening. I will absolutely be doing that on today's episode. Today's episode, by the way, guys, is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. I actually did one today earlier on uh, for the start of this Padres game. And, you know, did I make a mistake Potentially decided to do my locker room for a very early game, one o'clock Eastern time, West Coast time. That's a lot earlier, obviously, right? Like 10 o'clock. So uh, a very early game to be sure. So maybe was it a mistake to do at that time? I guess. But it was the only one that I was totally free for. Next time I'll do my best to maybe not do one uh, that early in the day. That way everybody could kind of join in because nobody joined in. I was by myself. It was very sad and lonely. Uh, but still remember to you know follow me there on locker room, guys. J-A-V-I-E-R-R-E-Y-E-S. And you'll get notified whenever I go live. Uh, you know, I probably should have, like I said, I probably should have scheduled it for tomorrow's game. But I'm going to be around some people tomorrow and, and doing something. So I just didn't want to necessarily have to just interrupt and leave at one point to talk uh, on that app. But maybe next time, honestly, I might just want to have my friends with it. Anyway, I'm talking about this way too much. Guys, on today's episode, we are breaking down both games, the last two games of this series against the Brewers. Just some of my thoughts on them, some of the cool pitching performances, and what was a great game today, by the way. Absolutely great game. And then going to be answering a listener question that I got via the Apple Podcast Reviews. A very interesting question, I must say. Like, one of the more interesting ones I feel like I've gotten in a while, uh, for sure. Not to diminish all the lovely questions you guys ask me, but, uh, you know, this one one felt a little bit extra special. So, yeah, guys, let's get into it. We're going to talk about last night's game first because, honestly, to be totally honest with you, I like making you guys wait for the nice and juicy stuff, uh, which was today's game, which was a lot like a really great game, I must say, even though the Padres lost. Uh, Let's talk about last night's game, which was one in which the Padres won by a score of 2-1 to over the Milwaukee Brewers, really bouncing back. Uh, from this series after just getting kind of wiped out by Brandon Woodruff to come out and be able to score against Corbin Burns. And in this game, uh, we had a revenge game from Mr. Eric Lauer. Remember him? Yes, indeed, my fire faithful homies. Eric Lauer, along with Luis Urias, was the two, were the two players that were sent in the trade last offseason that acquired Trent Grisham and Zach Davies. 
Zach Davies, of course, ends up netting them you uh, Darvish, or at least plays a part in netting them you Darvish. So let's just say that trade has looked a bit lopsided for the Padres so far. I mean, unbelievable stuff from them. Uh, but in this game, he was good. It really was a revenge game. Six innings, allowing only one run on four hits, walking one, striking out six. Very good. And he's been actually really solid for that team. So I don't know. Keep a little bit of an eye on Eric Lauer. 2.45 ERA on the year, 1.09 whip. Very solid pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers right now. And that's kind of been the definition of the Brewers this season. Just solid pitching. Although nothing incredible for Eric Lauer. Still, nonetheless, got to give him some credit. Got to give the Brewers pitching uh, credit in general. This is a really good pitching team, man. Uh, but the big, big thing that happens from this game, there's two things, actually. First, let's talk about uh, Chris Paddock before I get into the real exciting stuff, right? Uh, Chris Paddock in this game, he goes six innings, only giving up one run on two hits, walking none, striking out only two, which was eh, whatever. Uh, but that lowers his ERA to 3.61 on the year. 1.13 whip is which is most impressive about him. Uh, basically, ever since I answered a question earlier this week about the COVID superpowers, where like our our players coming back better, you know, you have Tatis come back and Glaber Torres and Chris Pack, and I broke that down on a previous episode. We won't get too much into that, but basically, ever since he's been back, uh, Chris Paddock has been playing well. Let's, I mean, just to look back from May 9th, his start against San Francisco. While it wasn't incredible, he didn't give up any runs in that one, only four hits and striking out four. Then against St. Louis, he goes four innings, giving up only one run, and then against Seattle are easily his best start of the season. He goes six innings, giving up only one run on three hits, striking out six, and then we had this game. So Chris Paddock, he's just been... I, I'm, I'm sorry to keep repeating. I really am. I don't like repeating myself over and over. It makes it feel like I'm you know, almost phoning it in, but it's true. Chris Paddock as this number four or five, and technically number four to be exact, uh, starting pitcher in the rotation has been really, really great for the team, especially since we've had all these issues with Denelson Lamette and Blake Snell not really pitching up to what his capabilities are. So Chris Paddock, very solid, deserves a lot of credit. Not getting killed on his fastball as much as he was last year. Uh, a little bit movement on it and just, just looking very solid. And while he's not looking like the star that he was his rookie year, it is very exciting to see that clearly the guy has at least some potential upside and hopefully he... He kind of finds that as the season goes along. Maybe he's starting to heat up. We'll have to see based on his next matchup, which will probably be the Chicago Cubs, uh, a team that we, of course, swindled uh, for you, Darvish, and Victor Caratini, who we'll get into in a minute. Uh, and the Cubs, while they do have some star players, they do have Bryant, who we've talked about in this podcast before, could be a potential trade candidate. They do have Anthony Rizzo. They do have Javi Baez to an extent, although that guy strikes out way too much. Wilson Contreras, they do have some good guys offensively in that team. They uh, have been a better offense than the Padres this year. Currently 10th in batting average, 6th in on-base percentage, 13th in runs, 11 in home runs, uh, 10th in slugging percentage. They're, they're, they've been playing a lot better recently. They were awful at the beginning of the year, but they've been playing a lot better. Not an incredible offense, but certainly a decent challenge for Chris Paddock. I always feel, and I already feel like I've been talking a lot about Chris Paddock. Uh, so let's get into Mr. Victor Caratini. He comes up in this game with a hugely clutch RBI in the top of the 10th inning with the whole extra, you know, runner on second and all that stuff. But Victor Caratini, man, just, what can I say? Puerto Rican power. Know how to produce catchers. We just do. You know what I'm saying? Really, I love the guy. And if you just look at his clutch stats this year, he's been really unbelievable in a lot of ways. In late and close games, he's got a 375 batting average and 500 on base percentage. Just when you're checking out baseball reference and runners in scoring position this year, he's batting 269 with a 429 on base. He's just been solid. He's coming up with a lot of big hits, 16 RBIs in those uh, runners in scoring position moments this year so far. 
so Jap, just been very solid. He hasn't been necessarily as good as Eric Hosmer or Fernando Tatis Jr. in in driving runs and having big hits, but he's still been really up there, especially for a guy that was an afterthought kind of in that you Darvish trade and is the backup catcher technically on the team. Well, what can I say? The man is just money. And you know who else has been money? Mr. Mark friggin' Melanson, man. Austin Adams gets credited with the win in this game, but Mark Melanson yet again coming up huge with the save here. He's a perfect 17 for 17. He's currently got an ERA of 0.81. Do I expect it to regress? Yes, to a degree. But I also think to an extent that, like, Mark Melanson deserves to be, at least in that honorable mention of some of the top, you know, 10 to 15 relievers in baseball. And I know that you might be saying, oh, that's just because of how he's playing now, right? But no, it's, and I said this during the offseason when they acquired him, where I was like, I'm not expecting him to be incredible. I did not expect this necessarily. And I do think there's going to be regression, like I said, but he's been consistent for most of his career, aside from a, a kind of a bad stretch in San Francisco in 2017 when he had a 4.5 ERA. Every year before that, every year in Pittsburgh, even a year in Washington, he was good. And then with Atlanta for two seasons, he was pretty okay too. So it's not like this has been a guy that just randomly is having his good year. You know, that's not what's going on here. He's been just straight up really, really good. So shouts to Mark Melanson. And also, guys... Shouts to Wealthfront, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, you like that transition. Investing can be complicated, and thankfully, Wealthfront is here to make things easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. They can even help you lower the taxes you pay as well as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low 0.25% advisory fee. And best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over 20 billion dollars of assets and you can get your first 5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB remember guys to get your first 5,000 managed for free go to wealthfront w-e-a-l-t-h-f-r-o-n-t dot com slash locked on MLB to start growing your savings and also guys shifting gears vroom we have to talk about rockauto.com guys and you know i'm not a big car person but rockauto.com clearly big car people they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years they have literally every kind of thing you can imagine engine control modules new carpet whatever and their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate and Best of all, best of all, here's the kicker, here's the kicker. Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. You don't want to spend up to twice as much for the same parts now, do you? No, of course not. You guys are smart. You don't want to do that. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And now, guys, let's keep it rolling. We're on the good train, right? Here we go. Padres, clutch situation. The Shark and Puerto Rican Power both coming up huge for the team yesterday. And unfortunately, they're unable to get a series win. They do lose uh, today's game, as many of you might be familiar with, uh, by a score of 6-5. to five. It was a good game, and it was an early game, too. But uh, nothing in terms of there wasn't anything worrying here. I mean, from the Padres' point of view, let's just start with them. Ryan Weathers in this game. Kind of back. His best kind of outing in a little bit of time now. He goes four innings, allowing only one hit, walking two, no runs, uh, and five strikeouts, lowering his ERA to 1.31 on the season. Like I said, just been that random. Uh, random's a little bit uh, weird of a word to use in that situation, but I'd say just one of the big breakouts uh, for the Padres this season, for uh, for sure, uh, especially given all the injuries to the pitching and kind of, you know, 
Blake Snow and the Nelson Limit, like I said before. So really great to see um, Ryan Weathers kind of step up and have a good outing. It was his best outing in a little bit. Maybe last time he was this good, maybe against San Francisco when he didn't give up a run and only one hit. But otherwise, uh, nice to see him get back into form. And otherwise, like I said, just not bit- bad pitching from the Padres. Neil Krismat does give up uh, one earned run, uh, two in total, uh, which is fine. Neil Krismat is not necessarily the guy I'm always looking forward to. And what's crazy is Neil Krismat who I don't even think is that great of a reliever, 2.79 ERA. It's not that bad. You know, he's been able to not blow it totally. Um, I was surprised that Pierce Johnson only came in for one out uh, to pick up for Neil Krismat there. That was a little surprising. But the big kind of blow, uh, Craig Stammen having his worst moment easily of the year so far, giving up that huge three-run home run to Willie Adamez, who was just traded from the Rays, I swear, like what? couple days ago that's what it feels like right like uh, unbelievable right so Willie Adama's having a great game uh for sure in all sense he goes four for five with four ribbies a double and a home run I mean hey it's Willie Adama's I don't think he's particularly great but so far with the with the Brewers he's been Babe Ruth apparently so that's an unfortunate kind of a uh, bad time to catch him, I guess, for the Padres here. But the Padres did score some runs uh, in this game, obviously. Five runs in total, uh, two hits uh, for Tommy Pham in this game, including a double. Fernando Tatis Jr. going two for three in this game. The guy just isn't stopping. He also managed to get two walks uh, and one of those both hits driving in runs when the Padres need him. It was a good game, like I said. Very, like, a lot of stuff. It went into extras, and Tatis came up big, and then Eric Hosmer with the home run in this game, going two for five with a two-run home run. After Tatis's clutch RBI double, he comes in, gets the home run. Uh, it, it was just, it really was a good game, and I, I kudos to the Brewers, but I enjoyed watching this one. It was a bit long. It started at, like, 1 o'clock, and then it ended at, like, 5, so long game for sure, but I did enjoy it uh, for the most part. Even Manny Machado had a clutch in this game. Uh, pinch hitting again. I was surprised that he wasn't starting again. But pinch hitting again gets an RBI double in this one. Unfortunately, Hosmer. So I guess that's the the thing fans might be upset with. He is sent home on this play. Tatis already scores. And then Hosmer is sent home. And Hosmer isn't particularly that fast. He wasn't even fast, you know, in some of his younger days. So I was surprised by that decision. And I would have liked a lot more if instead we would have had second and third with one out instead. But, hey, it happens. The Padres are very aggressive on the base pass. One of the most aggressive teams in the league. Obviously, just not just by stolen bases, but just in, in total general. They're, they're a very aggressive team. They like going for all that stuff. And this time it didn't pan out. I don't want to start blaming the head coach. But I do admit, it's not like you had no Jorge Mateo or a Tatis or a Grisham running in that situation. So I think I would have held him there. I just like the idea of second and third. But hey, didn't pan out this time. And if he did ha- if he had made it home, if not for a decent throw uh by the Brewers there cutting him off, then, you know, maybe we wouldn't be talking about this. But uh the big play, of course, in this game uh comes off of Jackie Bradley Jr. Bottom of the tenth inning in extras. Firstly, you have Keston Hero, who's been really struggling for them. He lays down the bunt, allowing the runner to get to the third. And then even though it's two outs after a pop up Jackie Bradley Jr. singles to right. I know Will Myers, I mean, if only he was an elite outfielder, maybe he's able to get that ball, but bottom line is he wasn't able to, and I didn't want him to smash into the wall or anything, so uh, he isn't able to get to it. Hey, what happens? The first time, really, that the Pirates has been walked off on this year, I think. Have they been walked on? Yeah, basically, right? I don't think that... The Dodgers one was Mookie Betts making a great catch at the end of the game, but I can't remember getting 
walked off on the Dodgers. I could be wrong. Please correct me, guys, if I'm wrong on that. But um, a great game. And some people might say, like, this is the example of the extra innings rule kind of being unfortunate where it's like you get some guy hits a bunt and all of a sudden the guy's at third base. All you need is some type of hit of any kind out of the infield and that potentially wins the game. I get that, but I stand by my take. You guys can go see my my goofy little Locked On Now video that I posted on the Twitter account at LO underscore Padres um, uh, of Mark Melanson's funny-looking face and the, the jaw music I really enjoyed making that um but in general I really do think still I, I hold my stance that having some weird kind of you know quirky rule to spice up the season even if it isn't always great and good as long as I, as long as I don't keep it for the playoffs honestly I think playoffs get rid of the man on second rule that would be my take on that um then I'm kind of for it let's just spice up the game make it a little bit more exciting at least that's my opinion and you know look they lost. I'm not going to complain about it. It was objectively a really good baseball game. Miguel Diaz, that's the other thing. Uh, don't hate on Miguel Diaz. He had to go an extra inning in this one. Uh, and especially, I like keep forgetting, because of how good Melanson has been this year so far for the Padres, I keep forgetting that Drew Pomerantz is hurt. I really do, and I would have loved to have Pomeranz there. He hasn't pitched since May 9th, uh, so he's been out for a while, basically like two and a half weeks. Uh, I can't wait until he comes back, because he's really like an elite-level uh, reliever. But again... Not to hate, and I don't want to be one of those guys also complaining about injuries, because Lord knows there have been a lot of injuries this year for a lot of teams. Even the the, the much maligned Dodgers, they've had a ton of injuries. A lot of teams this year struggling. Bryce Harper's hurt. Noah Syndergaard uh, just suffered a, a setback for the Mets, and they could really use him to bolster their rotation. He's not going to be back. Carlos Carrasco for them has taken a long time. Like There's been a lot of injuries for a lot of teams this year, so I'm not going to start complaining. And I don't think we should either, Padres fans, so just keep that in mind. But anyways, yes, guys, that is it for the recap of these two games. Now, before we get into the listener question, I need to talk to you about Lucy Nicotine. It is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Researched and developed for three years to be made for people and not patients. Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. And they also have a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, cherry, ice, citrus, and mint. Very uh, nice sounding flavors, if I do say so myself, guys. It's 2021. Go get rid of your cigarettes. Unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. So... Locked on MLB listeners, go to lucy.co and use promo code locked on MLB to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. Remember, that's lucy.co and use promo code locked on MLB at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Remember, guys, lucy.co, and be sure to use that promo code LOCKEDONMLB. And now, guys, got to talk to you about the good old sports betting, ladies and gentlemen. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season, obviously, full swing. We had some great games today, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. And, of course, you can get all the latest news, odds, and info on all of your sporting news, including not just baseball, but the NBA. They've got the playoffs going on. NHL, they've got playoffs going on, too, and all your UFC, uh, MMA action, and whatnot. Before the next pitch, head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit 
Remember to use that promo code locked on, guys. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys, now the moment you've been waiting for talking question, listener question time, baby. Really exciting. I always love answering these questions, and we got a good one. So let's jump right into it. This one, of course, guys, remember, it comes from the Apple Podcasts uh, review section from a pug named Knuckles. My listeners, man, on brand. I really appreciate the, the weird username, my guy. Uh, love the show. Sorry for the long question. Uh, on paper, our offense is slightly above average across the MLB, 12th in runs. However, a closer look at some individual stats reveal that our batters are far from average. Not that they are all performing well, but their stat lines make them appear highly specialized. Machado leads the team RBIs by a mile, but his OPS is a pedestrian 0.734. Cronenworth rarely notches an RBI, 11 on the season, but leads the team in batting average, 306, and runs, 26. Hosmer has a great batting average, 305, but doesn't have many runs to show for it, 12. Grisham is our only Swiss army knife, who is decent in all situations. Everyone else is either machete, bottle opener, or scissors. Is it normal for batters to be this specialized? Is our lineup capitalizing on the weirdness of our batters? This is a very interesting question, my guy Knuckles. Um, firstly, this question was asked on May 19th, so some of the stats are a little bit off. To recap some of them, the Padres are now 7th in runs, 4th in on-base percentage, and batting average, they're 12th, just for a little bit of an update on that. So they've been doing a little bit better, despite not hitting a lot of home runs and what have you. Uh, they have been a little bit better uh, ever since this question was asked. And also, Machado is now hurt. Uh, obviously, he has been playing in the past few games. Same goes for Trent Grisham. But in general, the sentiment of your question, I believe, uh, remains the same. And thank you for the question, Uncle. So here's what I'll say. So in terms of the point about the weirdness of the lineup and what have you, so when you look at Manny Machado's and his RBIs, that's also a product of just the lineup construction. He's the power guy, so he's going to get all the cleanup opportunities and the RBI opportunities. You know what I'm saying? And same thing goes for Tatis, and same thing goes for so for some of these other guys. Jake Cronenworth isn't necessarily the power guy, so he's bat, bots, blah, 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 bots. He bats a little bit lower in the lineup. That's lineup construction stuff, really, especially those stats. And more importantly, though, when it comes to runs and RBIs, this is is why we kind of don't use them to judge the effectiveness of players. You know what I'm saying? Using RBIs, it's just not, the more we look at it, it's WRC+, runs created, all that stuff, OPS, it's a lot better of a way to judge versus RBIs. You know what I'm saying? It's just not a great way because a lot that's that doesn't have anything to do with the players, the individual players' success, obviously. And same thing goes for runs. Someone has to drive you in. It's not your fault if you get left on base all the time. Fernando Tatis Jr., if he was on the Pittsburgh Pirates, if he only scored like 75 runs, that would not be a reflection on him. If he only drove in 75 runs, that wouldn't be a reflection on him either. That's a reflection on the team. Um, it's a better... And I also do think to an extent, like, you know, Lindsay Adler made this comment a couple weeks ago where she was like, look, batting average isn't useless. Just because it's not as useful necessarily as on-base percentage does not mean it's a useless stat. It tells you, you know, how, how the ability of a batter to simply get a hit. You know, when bases are, when you got first and second, you kind of want to hit there maybe. You know, you want a guy who's going to come up there and have like a 260, 270 batting average. That matters instead of, say, your Reese Hoskins or Yasmani Grandal types, by the way. Go look up that guy's slash side real quick. I know I'm getting a little bit off track here, guys, but he's batting like 140 right now, but has a 390 on base percentage. Just incredible job by Yasmani Grandal. One of the best catchers in the league, in my opinion. And he, he, he's he been just just wild stuff from him. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen a slash line like that. Um, 
So really, it's your question, Knuckles, is a great reason for why we don't use those uh, type of stats all the time. And also, it just attests to the fact that the Pirates have a, such a deep lineup. They have all sorts of guys. You know what I mean? And while there's been times this year when they haven't been able to drive guys in, they have guys that are really good in certain areas, and it just hasn't hit on all cylinders all the time. Like I said, they're a lot more up there in on-base percentage and runs lately because they've been on fire for the past week, two weeks. Um, but in general, for the majority of the season, you know, you have a lot of guys that are playing well. Trent Grisham, Tatis, Jake Cronenworth. But then you have guys that aren't performing super well. Tommy Pham. Hassan Kim, Manny Machado, guys like that. It's been like, it's just not complete, I guess. And that's so, I don't think there's anything particularly specialized about the lineup. And if anything, I think that makes the Padres unpredictable. I like having a lineup that doesn't just have all swing for home run guys. You know, you have guys who could do a little bit of everything. And that's why the Padres are so deep. It gives them lineup protections. You know what I mean? Tatis, they don't, you don't have to worry about him getting walked all the time. You don't have to worry about Machado getting walked all the time. It's just such a deep lineup. And even despite the fact that they're missing Grisham right now. They're missing Machado right now. They didn't have Hosmer. They didn't have Myers. They didn't have Tatis for a while. They're still performing really admirably well. And that's also considering some guys that aren't performing super well right now, like Tommy Pham, who's been doing better as of late, that there's only one way to go, and that's probably up. So hopefully uh, that answers your question. I just think the lineup hasn't been able to file all, all cylinders all the time. There's been some weird stop gaps every now and then, a little bit inconsistent. But I really do think the past two weeks, ever since your question, uh, maybe you spawned, Knuckles. Maybe you spawned the offense uh, kicking up a bit. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that answers that. Now, guys, let me talk to you a little bit about Locked On Today. It is a wonderful podcast. It gives you all the sport news, not just baseball, everything, basketball, NBA, NHL, whatever you need. Uh, they've got you. In under 20 minutes, host Peter Buchanan. Kowski, he is awesome. You're going to love him, guys. So remember, follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I listen to that every day. He is awesome, and so is the podcast. Um, just final couple things, some housekeeping things. Um, tomorrow's episode is going to be a crossover with Brett Chancy and Eric Heisman of Locked On Astros. I'm actually going live tonight, and it's probably going to be up tomorrow on this feed. So that should be a lot of fun. That should be the episode. Uh, great, and in my opinion, exciting team to face. For Memorial Day weekend, because who doesn't want to beat the Astros? You know what I'm saying? Who doesn't want to beat them? So, going to have that go up tomorrow. I basically decided that I wanted to uh, recap two games today instead of just having an Astros crossover. And then, at the beginning, though, recapping the Brewers game. I thought that would be a little bit weird. So, that's how I broke down the episode programming, I guess, for today. Um, Also, going to be talking with the new host of Locked On Cubs. I just talked with Sean Sears last week, but we're talking with the new host of Locked On Cubs. Uh, this previewing this upcoming series that starts actually on Memorial Day. So we got a great Memorial Day weekend series and a great Memorial Day uh, game itself. Should be a lot of fun. A lot of cool stuff coming on for this podcast, guys. I hope you guys have a lovely Memorial Day weekend. As that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Remember, you can send some five-star reviews of the podcast, and you are guaranteed to have your question read on air if you do choose so, or just send me five-star reviews if you like my voice or anything like that. That'd be cool. That'd be nice. That'd be kind. Uh, But anyway, guys, uh, remember to follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe. And, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.